Our scripture reading this evening will be taken from Psalms 46. Psalms 46. God is our refuge in strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted amongst the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Again, it is good to be with you, share our faith, our common beliefs, and those things that we hold so dear. This evening, we're going to continue our theme that we began this morning, except we're going to go back to the Old Testament, to the hymn book of God, and we'll see maybe some different language used, some different images, but again, helping us to see the triumph we have over trouble. We're going to begin with a psalm, Psalm 25. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Let's sing unto thee, O Lord. So Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed, let not my enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Not be ashamed, let not my enemies triumph over me. <clears throat> then from Psalm 106, 
Praise the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. <clears throat> we use the tune, I'm not ashamed to own my Lord. <clears throat> Doso Oh, praise the Lord, oh Triumph over trouble. Again, our text will be Psalm 46. In the book of Psalms, we find that music is the door to the soul. And the book of Psalms, of course, is the hymnal of the old covenant. Every emotion that we have is found there. So we can relate to what is in there. It seems that our own story and sometimes is written even before we have lived it out. The Psalms bear witness to the fact that we are not the first to walk down the roads of difficulty, of disappointment, of persecution, even of bitterness. If the problems there have been before us, then the solutions must be there too. So when trouble comes, where do you run? Where do you find a safe place to hide? Well, Psalms 46 stands like a monument, reminding us that there's no barrier too great for God to overcome. It realigns our perspective. It shows us that with God, all things are working for our ultimate good. And that's the great hope of being in Christ, of being a child of God. Good things and bad things are going to happen to the evil and the just. But for those in the Lord, we know they work for our benefit. It persuades us that victory is always within the reach of God's people if we're willing to trust in him and give our concerns to him. It's not the power of the enemy that matters, but it's the might of God. And so this psalm divides itself into three sections, as indicated by the term Selah, which may be in your text, and it's after each group of the verses. This term Selah is unknown. It was a musical term possibly used for a pause or an interlude of some sort. We are not sure. 
But each stanza or section provides a powerful concept that will strengthen and reassure us in times of trouble. First, we find we retreat to our refuge. The opening declaration is that God is our refuge and strength. And then we rediscover our strength. God is more than a refuge. He is also our source of strength. And then we're told how to redirect our thoughts. That's important. Because if we don't redirect our thoughts, everything's lost. The last part invites God's people to focus their thoughts on God and his past intervention in the affairs of men and the implications then for us and for the future. Let's ask God's blessing. Father in heaven, we come to you through our Lord and Savior as we look into your word as it brings to us images of hope images of trust. Help us to find our refuge, find our strength, and to redirect our thoughts that we would focus on those things that are above and be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Retreat to your refuge. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So we find that God is a mighty refuge. The first dominant image is the picture of a hiding place. God is our refuge and strength. It's a quiet place of protection. This idea, of course, is found throughout the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 33:27, The eternal God is your dwelling place, and underneath are the everlasting arms. And... Psalm 18 at verse 2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock. See how that's emphasized? My, my, my. He's all those things, personalized. In whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. Horn is the idea of strength, of power, the power of salvation. My stronghold. God is our guaranteed refuge. We may try other alternatives. We may seek our own resources. We we may find family and friends or even brethren. But ultimately, the answer is not found in these options because they all should point us to the Lord who is our refuge, a very present help in trouble. God is an accessible refuge, a very present help in trouble. Trouble is being in tight places. When you're in a tight place, you cannot maneuver. You have no room to move. You feel trapped. You feel powerless. The words very present give the idea that God is easy to find. He's near us. He's there, he's real, and he's present as anything could be. God draws near when we are in tight places. Psalm 73 verse 28, but for me it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord my refuge that I may tell of all 
your works. And God spoke this to Moses in the wilderness at Exodus 33:14, And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he does this for all his people. Not only that, but God is an ageless refuge. He's not only accessible, but ageless. Verse 2 of our text. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. Again, we have a very picturesque image given to us. The psalmist asks, what is the greatest possible catastrophe you could think of? He pictures a flood that could wash away mountains and, and remove the earth itself. Well, the earth is the most ageless thing we know, but what if it should even crumble? In all this, the psalmist says, we have no reason for anxiety. The world may be ancient, but God is ageless. We may feel that there's no more time for God to act. But what is time to God? He created it. So when trouble comes, we can retreat to our refuge because he is truly awesome. He's available. He's ageless, even in the worst that could ever happen. You're going to help me out with emphasizing this psalm. We're going to sing it, each section, each stanza at a time. We'll be using the tune, Just As I Am. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help and thee, though mountains slip into the same we do not need. Find a refuge, retreat to it, it's God. Rediscover your strength. So when trouble comes, we are forced into the refuge of God's arms. We have been weakened by anxiety, by fear and turmoil of all that's happened to us. Our resources have been spent. We now need to learn that God is more than just a refuge, but he is our source of strength. It's because we have a power within. The psalmist abruptly paints an unreal tranquility with words of calmness and confidence. Verse 4 of our text. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God the holy habitation of the Most High. So in contrast to all the chaos, there's a calm, pure river 
which brings life and beauty to the dwelling of God and to its inhabitants. And God himself is like this river, ever-present in our midst to refresh us with life-giving and sustaining strength. He's the eternal spring that never runs dry. As our Lord spoke to the woman at the well, the Samaritan, in John 4, 13, and he said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, this physical water, but whoever drinks of the water, the spiritual water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water I will give him will become, become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And after Jesus made this promise, he gave this one. Over in John 7 at 37, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So along with God's presence, his living word and promises strengthen us and calm our troubled mind. We also have a person within. Verse 5. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. So those who reside in God's city have a covenant relationship with him. And that relationship now we know is in the church, the body of Christ. His people are blessed because he is there. We have unequaled stability from the abiding presence of God. And because of this, gladness characterizes God's city, whose streams make glad the city of God. This is true. Though nations topple around her because of a powerful foreign aggression. But people can trust in him, have faith in him, that they will not be moved. What can God do? He utters his voice. The earth melts. Remember the three friends of Daniel? They were marched into the blazing furnace, yet there was a fourth person that appeared with them. The Lord occupied the fire with his children in tight places. God holds us even tighter. We are safer in raging flames, sheltered within his presence, than anywhere else we could imagine. The Bible relates many interventions of God on behalf of his people. And these reveal that the true and living God has made his presence and power felt among them. We may not know the immediate circumstances of this psalm, but we know for certain the Lord of hosts is with us. 
The God of Jacob is our fortress. The Lord defends his dwelling place, our help arises with the sun, the nations melt before his voice are strong, hold is the whole. Redirect your thoughts. In times of trouble, God's advice is not some theory. It's not abstract. It's practical. It works. He does not offer us empty philosophies, positive thinking mumbo-jumbo, but he gives us effective battle plans. The Lord reminds us that the mind, the mind is the powerful part of our armor, our weapon and shield. Our thought patterns then are crucial in the midst of difficulties. We know that the moment the enemy can be demoralized, that they are beaten. In the spiritual realm, we must go into battle then with our thoughts fixed on our Lord. A sanctified mind can stand against any worldly foe. How can we offer our thinking to God when we are facing a crisis? Review the works of the Lord. Verse 8. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. God has broken the weapons of war and he rules in the kingdoms of men. All his works are a testimony to that very fact. The God who does not change has the same concern for us today, just as he had from his children in former days. If we do not know what to expect from him, all we have to do is review his record. This helps put our minds to the task of remembering God's works. Come, behold the works of the Lord. Maybe that's something we need to have on the walls of our mind, at least. Come, behold the works of the Lord. The same God who sustained you in the past, who brought you victoriously through every previous crisis, is the God that stands with you now. He is a present help in your testing and trial. And the power of memory, for good or evil, is a potent 
weapon indeed. Time is the loving creation of God. And the great enemy of time and memory is Satan. He loves to trap our minds in the present calamity. Here the problems then can expand to massive proportions outside of the context of God's purpose. And our Lord would use time and crisis to mold us in wisdom and maturity in the image of Christ. But the evil one prefers that we not dwell on that fact. Instead, he wants the new bump in the road to be the end of the world for us. He desires to tell each one that God has forgotten you and you are all alone against the wheels of fate. He wants to impress on your mind that your life is being lived in a lonely, meaningless vacuum. But from heaven's perspective, today's trouble is but a blip on the eternal horizon. As Paul tells us in Romans 8 at verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Our problem is we need a wisdom upgrade which will boost us up where we ultimately want to be. When we doubt, we need our Bibles. We need to be sanctified in our memories that convince us that God is in control. So arm yourself with the weapon of memory by reviewing the mighty works of the Lord. Isn't that what we do in the Lord's Supper? Why is that so important? Come. Let us think of the works of the Lord. How powerful that is for us. Also, we need to reclaim the words of the Lord. Verse 10, the Lord is now speaking as these worshipers of old are singing this. They're singing the words of God. And what does he say? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And then the worshiper says, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Apart from the present context, be still raises the thoughts of uh, words spoken to a rowdy child. <laughs> be still. God is giving an important message and everyone and everything he says is important. But we're often too busy, distracted to hear. 
We're too occupied with arguing or playing games in order to listen. But he cries to us to slow down, silence our voices and thoughts, and listen. You see, a refuge is a place of quietness. And when we seek safety, silence may be our friend. Our minds get noisy, don't they? They get all mixed up, thoughts jumbled here and there. But God says, be still. This hides us from the enemy and allows us to listen to more important information. It gives us the opportunity then to regather our strength. The psalm concludes with the directive to be silent and become aware of God's presence and his purposes. And when translated into our lives, the result is one ultimate goal. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Nations begin with people, with individuals. And we can be certain that we will be exalted. He will be exalted in our personal circumstances. This is certain if we can be still and know that he is the God of all. For the second time, we are told that the Lord of hosts is with us. Who is the Lord of hosts? Well, the Hebrew word is Sabaoth. He's the Lord of angels, the host of heaven. We have the Lord of them all with us. He's the one who created and empowers the angels. Remember in 2 Kings, one of them was sent from heaven to defend Jerusalem and destroyed 180,000 Assyrians. If one angel is empowered to do this, what about the God of angels, the Lord of hosts? So in trouble, we can confidently pray, O Lord, God of creation, I know you are present with me. Give me strength and power to face this moment. Come see the mighty works of God Whose triumph makes all wars to cease Be still and know that I am God Declares our stronghold If we adopt the thinking of Psalm 46, we should, or should we expect a miraculous deliverance from trouble? The psalm does not imply that, nor does, not, nor does God need to work an immediate miracle to help us in our trouble. He can orchestrate billions of circumstances to bring about his purpose, and he's done so. Providential working of God is a great hope, a great hope. 
We trust in him. We believe in him and his precious promise. The Hebrew writer tells us in chapter 13 at 6, so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Well, the psalm teaches us that God is enough. Sometimes that's hard. God is enough. In fact, God must be enough. For if not, where are we going to find ourselves? Is there a plan B? Our Lord is the God of heaven and earth who is mightier than all the world's armies. He can cause the earth to melt into the sea. And he's with us. If that God is not the Lord of your crisis, indeed, you're in trouble. We praise his name that we need not worry because God is sufficient. As he told Paul in his crisis, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God holds the destiny of galaxies in his hand, and yet he knows every hair, the number of every hair that's on our heads. For some, that's more. For some, that's less. And he has preserved his people again and again. Above all, God loves you and chose to measure that love, not just in words, but in blood. Come, behold the works of the Lord. Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were sinners we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. God loves you enough to give you the greatest gift conceivable. Would such a love allow you to suffer without a purpose? Would such a love neglect to have an unimaginable joyful ending just waiting for you? God has never run away from you. Do not run away from him. He desires to be your refuge, your high-walled city your cool, refreshing stream, your indestructible defense from the enemy of fear, doubt, and anxiety. He is a very present help in times of trouble. How does God become your triumph over trouble? First, you have to agree and acknowledge that he is totally, totally worthy and sufficient to be your Lord of life. As we read in Romans 10 at verse 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord 
and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And this is exactly what the first Christians did on that Pentecost Sunday in Acts 2. I'll begin reading at verse 36. Acts 2 at 36. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus, whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you. No exceptions. No exceptions. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying. Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. These people became, became God's people by expressing their total trust in him and faithfully obeying his command to be baptized so he could remove their sins. You too can save yourself. And receive the gospel by being immersed in water for the forgiveness of sins. And so then we can continue to triumph over trouble. We do this when we continue to retreat to our refuge. Rediscover our strength and redirect our thoughts. We invite you to let us know your needs at this time. Let us now encourage one another to remember God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We're going to sing a shelter in the time of storm. The Lord is our rock, our refuge. He has come. He lived, he died, he was resurrected, he ascended, he's waiting to come again. Let's stand and encourage one another as we sing this song.